poems that I wrote. I, I don't I don't do this often. I love poems, but I, and I like writing them. But <coughs> this this poem's entitled. See, it's sad. You know, there's even a there's a um, singing going on in Columbus right now. No preaching's going to be heard, but I bet you there's more people there, um, right? Um, and there's uh, many things going on today. Um, there's people watching fireworks and going to cookouts and all that stuff. But, you know, it's, it is the Lord's day. Amen. It's still the Lord's day. So I wrote a poem and I titled it, Choosing the World's Day Over the Lord's Day. I'll read it to you real quick. I once chose a day made by man. It was a day representing freedom this nation was thankful they had. Some churches choose fireworks rather than the preaching of the word. They thought it would bring the crowd in, and for some, sure, it may work. Some will choose to watch fireworks rather than hear the preaching, but that is not God's design. That is man's unbiblical teaching. The Bible tells us to preach the word in season and out, and that the Lord's day is still Sunday, no matter if you doubt. It must stay of utmost importance to you, no matter what the day. Freedom is for worshiping Christ, not, no matter what others say. Freedom didn't really come free. It was a costly price for God's dear son Jesus willingly laid down his life. If the people do not turn to him and turn from their wicked way, there will come a day when the USA will no longer be free as we say. Get in church, stay in church, and hold closely to God's hand because one day soon Jesus is coming. You do not know his plan. It could be tonight, and watching fireworks or cooking out will not take you to that far land. Please don't be caught on the Lord's day choosing what was made by man. For God is our judge, and he knows your heart. He may leave you where you stand. Get to church. Praise the Lord. It's an important day. The day is coming very soon. To him closely I would stay. The Bible tells us what to seek first, and we must get our priorities right. Or when Jesus comes very soon, you surely could miss the flight. The world needs to see Jesus in you, and they need to see him now. Wrath is coming very soon, and one day every knee will bow. Worship him now every chance you get, and don't put it back for later, because like it or not, very soon you will meet your creator. And that's the truth, friend. That is the very much truth. It's saddening to see the choices made by Christians in churches today. There's churches that are not having church tonight, but rather having fireworks. Won't everybody know that. There's churches that are just canceling church because of fireworks. I understand it's not Independence Day, but churches are doing this. But there's flock that still needs to be feeding. And if we don't, and, and there's people in our church that chose the same means. I don't know where they had to go. I don't know all this, but there's a lot of people that are not here tonight. And, and so, so I don't know, but I'll tell you this. Um, we need to hold closer to God's hand. I mean, Christmas Day is going to be on the 25th of December this year. You know that? You know where we're going to be? In church. That's where we're going to be. You say, well, you're crazy. You're crazy as can be. We're going to have church on that day because guess what? It's still the Lord's day. And the Lord didn't say unless Christmas falls on the day or anything. I understand we probably won't have Sunday night service or anything that night just to the honor of the means. But I, I, I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm fed up with the fact of people choosing over man's holiday over God's day. They're choosing man's holidays over God's day. And I'm sick and tired of it. I'm fed up with it. I, I'm absolutely fed up it, with it. But I'm gonna, we're going to try to get back. I don't want you to erase any of that. I want an old sermon out here. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm sick and tired of what's going on today. I'm, I'm sick and tired of people 
being unfaithful, not just to this church, but just to every church around here, just churches. There's, I hear it from pastor every single day, and, and God help us, God help us. Jesus is coming soon, and if we don't put him first, we're literally choosing priorities over God. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But if you don't, that tells us that, that implies that it will not be added to us. Is that right? And so, I mean, we look up at all the sicknesses and things that was told about in Luke chapter, I mean, in, in Matthew chapter number 6, up above that phrase, and it tells you a bunch of things that, that, that the Bible is going to tell us about there. But we're not, we're not preaching out of Matthew chapter 6 tonight. Um, but the Bible does tell us quite a few things there that if you don't seek first, uh, faith, Father, and, uh, I mean, it goes through and mentions so many different things there. Uh, wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which, is, which, which today and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Right? Then he goes down, therefore take no thought. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewith shall we be clothed? He's going to clothe us. It's talking about food. It's talking about drink. It's talking about clothes. Uh, and said all those things will be added to you if you seek first the kingdom of God. You wonder why things, so many problems happen in people's life today, church people's life. I understand problems happen in church people's life, but we can also bring them on ourselves. And, and if, we, if, we, uh, if we choose to do that, we're going to deal with the wrath of God. We're going to deal with God. Um, he's, a, he's a perfect God. He's a just God. And um, that's just who he is. But I tell you, I'm thankful to be in the house of God tonight. I really am. And I, I'm thankful that, that you guys are here. And... Uh, we can't always, uh, I don't point messages at no one. Let me just say that, okay? I'm not going to point messages at no one. I'm not going to do that. Um, but I tell you one thing I will do. I'll preach what the Lord says to preach. And we've been in a series for I don't know how many weeks, seven, eight weeks um, on paradoxes. And that's where we're going to be tonight. So I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter number 11. And uh, I've preached five of that, five out, this is the seventh message, I believe, out of the, on, on paradoxes in Scripture. And uh, out of all seven of them, five of them has been on giving, and that's what's going to be on tonight. So um, Proverbs chapter number 11 and verse number 24. I'm going to read that one verse. You can stand if you would. Proverbs chapter number 11. <coughs> By the way, I'm not mad about anything or bitter about anything. I'm biblical about things. So. And... Um, uh, there's still a flock to feed here, so that's why we're still here and having a church. Amen. Um, but I'm thankful to get back in our series. And per personal in my studies, I do believe this is one of the most profound paradoxes that is directed towards money in Scripture. The Bible says in verse number 24 of chapter 11 of the book of Proverbs, There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Lord, help us tonight. Help the church. Lord, help each one of us. We love you so much. We praise you so much for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I, read, I read many commentators on this verse. I, I did. I had to find many commentators. Uh, obviously, this verse, it's, it's, if, if you take some time, it's, it's kindly self-explanatory. But you just got to simply um, get into it and notice about it and look into it. Uh, I was helped and encouraged by this verse. Have you ever heard of the old writer John Bunyan? Has anybody ever heard of him? John Bunyan, he, uh, he was a writer. He wrote the book Pilgrim's Progress. He's, it's a great book. You need to get it. John Bunyan wrote this quote um, surrounding this verse, and it said, A man there was, uh, though some did count him mad, uh, 
The more he cast away, the more he actually had. He that bestows his goods upon the poor shall have as much again and ten times more. And that's the case. That's just what it is. I believe that general principle of this verse here can be found in 2 Corinthians in chapter number 9 and verse number 6 where the Bible says, But this I say, uh, um, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. I believe that's the context of this verse. And that will give you the context of this verse. And so this is a general process of a farmer, right? Um, this farmer takes the precious seed uh, out of the barn and he scatters it in the field. Uh, F.B. Meyer said it like this. Uh, we are to measure life by its losses rather than by its gain. Uh, he is the richest man in the world, in the view of the world, uh, who has gotten the most. Uh, yet he is the richest man in the view of heaven who has given the most. Uh, amen. Ain't that good? Uh, praise the Lord. So therefore this is that is where this is uh, and we'll get that's where we'll get our title from today. I'm going to preach on this thought, this paradox uh, gaining by giving. Amen. I'm about to preach y'all. I feel it. Gaining by giving and that's the order of the Christian life. Uh, it's the absolute order of the Christian life. It, if we hoard the grain, uh, it is eaten by insects or it will rot in the barn. Is that right? Uh, Haggai chapter 2 and verse 19, one of my favorite verses, tells us at the beginning of that verse, uh, it tells us, is the seed yet in the barn? Is the seed yet in the barn? And I've had a burden lately, and I want you to pray about it. I've had a serious, serious burden lately. And... Um, Sometimes we can easily feel like the seed is in the barn. Uh, even though you say, well, it's not. But is the seed in the barn? Uh, and if we scatter the seed, friends, you'll, you'll find just as it were for a farmer, it is returned to us in multiplication, right? It's a return to us in multiplication, not subtraction, not even addition, but multiplication. Uh, and I want to look in this paradox in a verse today as I preach on gaining uh, by giving. I want you to notice four points. I want to notice, notice number one, the dispersion, okay? The dispersion. The Bible says in verse 24, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. There is that scattereth and yet increases. It uses this word uh, scattereth, uh, and that simply means to disperse. Uh, it means to scatter abroad. It means to broadcast, however you want to look at it. Uh, uh, it's using the illustration of a farmer scattering seed in the field. Uh, and what if he kept that farmer, what if he kept that seed back? Now, with me now. What if he kept that seed back? So if he kept that seed back, would it produce that which it was intended to produce? It wouldn't produce that at all. Uh, therefore, this is speaking of giving. It's speaking of giving spiritually, monetarily, uh, um, physically, etc., etc. Psalms chapter 126, verse 5 and 6, I've preached out of these verses for. Uh, it says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Uh, he that goeth forth a weeping, uh, beareth precious seed, shall doubtless come again, uh, and with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him. Uh, it's, there's going to be a growing process. So we have the good news of the gospel today. Uh, um, beloved, we, we must be in the business uh, of dispersing the gospel seed, uh, of scattering it abroad in every way we can possibly do that. 
that. Of course, giving has been heard here. It has been preached here. It has been worked well on here. But giving is a spiritual law throughout the Bible. You know that, right? It's a spiritual law throughout the Bible that is often very much too little preached on. Amen. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, the Bible says, Given it shall be given you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over. Uh, shall men give into his bosom, for with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured unto you again. That's what the Bible says. Mark chapter 4 verse 24 tells us, And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured unto you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. Now that word meet is used six times in your King James Bible. M-E-T-E. It means to allot. It means measure. It means allow. So whatever we allot will be our reward. You're getting that, right? Amen. If we allot 90% to ourselves, we're only getting a 10% reward. You with me? That's why preaching is important. Amen. That's why breaking and rightly dividing the word of truth is important. It's very important. It's convicting, isn't it? Isn't it convicting? I mean, if you're giving, if you're giving this much to missions, I mean, that's it. Me too. Amen. Amen. If, we, if we're given to the work of the Lord as the Lord wants, it will be given back to us, though. You say, preacher, I haven't seen a thing since I've been given. Well, remember this. Seed don't bring harvest immediately. Seed don't bring harvest immediately. It, doesn't, it, doesn't, it does not bring harvest directly after scattering. It, harvest will come, amen. Um, that's God's promise. You'll never lose giving to God and His work, amen. So we see the dispersion. dispersion. Secondly, I want you to notice the, detain, the detaining. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth. There is that withholdeth more than is meet. So there is that withholdeth more than is meet. Now... I skipped down a little bit to hit on this first, and we're going to go back a little bit. It speaks of the one that withholdeth, okay? Man, man, there's a lot of people withholding from what God has given to them, amen? Amen, there's a lot of people who's withholding from what God has given to them. Many people say, oh man, those poor people in Africa, um, they have nothing. Then they give nothing, right? Show me your faith by your works. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Man, they are hard preaching tonight. They give no humanitarian aid. They give no, certainly no spiritual aid to the person in Africa. They give nothing to the person in Africa. You got these churches out here. You got these churches don't support one missionary. All they want to say is, uh, man, I hate that they're poor over there. There's people in Africa over there, and then they throw, they throw 10 pounds of food out a week. Amen. Amen. They don't want to help them humanitarily. And they don't want to help them monetarily either. They don't want to help them spiritually either. They don't want to help them. They just want to feel bad for them. Amen. God help. Every creature needs a preacher. You know that? Amen. You know there's probably people in our town that have never heard the gospel. Isn't that a sobering thought? Many seem to hide their eyes because they got it. <clears throat> I read this article 
in, common, in a commentary, and this is what it said. Who killed the Dead Sea? And so I thought to myself, well, this seems interesting. Let's read it. So this is what it said. It said, the Dead Sea died of stinginess. Year after year as received and not given. It has an inlet but no outlet. And likewise, the person who takes in what others offer spiritually but never gives anything out will eventually become lifeless. Anybody ever thought about that? It will eventually become lifeless. I'm seeing people even in our church become lifeless. Amen. I mean, lifeless. They might be given out, but they're they're not. They're, they might be given out, but they're not taking anything in. It doesn't seem like there's any growth. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's any anything. And I tell you, people consistently retain uh, and then detain. That's what they do. They retain it and then they cut it off. Uh, it is not to be given out anymore. Isn't that the truth, though? Charles Spurgeon said uh, it like this: "Let me consider the poor, then the Lord will consider me." Amen. Man, you're hard tonight. Let me consider the poor, and then the Lord will consider me. A lot more people than we could probably think stop at nothing when it comes to missions. You say, well, that don't make no sense. They stop at nothing. They literally never give to missions. They never give to anybody. They never give to nothing. Uh, they never give to the church. They never give to the church of the work of God. They never give to the poor. They never give uh, to any of those things. For any, that is sad. Amen. Let me read what James tells us. If I can find that verse. I don't even know where the verse is. But I want to try to find it. James, I think chapter number 5 is where it's at. Um, the Bible tells us. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can find it real quick. I don't know where it is, but the Bible tells us over there in the book of James somewhere that um, the church has a job to do. The church has a job to do. And I think it, I think it says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. And the prayer of the faith shall save him, the sick. The Lord shall raise him up. If, if he have committed any sins, they shall be given, forgiven him, confess your sins. Let me see, that's not it. I'm trying to find the verse, but I, I, can't, I cannot remember the verse to save my life. Um, but y'all forgive me for that one. But I tell you, it's that it's sad day in America when, when the church, even the church, does not even care about the poor. Doesn't care about missions. Doesn't care about any of those things. And, and can I just tell you tonight that, that that is an absolute joke. Amen. It's an absolute joke. Amen. I'm not mad. I'm being biblical right now, okay? It's an absolute joke. It's unbiblical. And it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it, that, why do you think the Lord, you know the Lord spit out the church, that wanted to spit out the church of uh, uh, Sardis, Ephesus, wanted to spit out that church? You left your first love. You left your first love. You didn't care about your first love. You didn't care about your first love at all. He, I mean, there were so many different churches. And, you know, he, he didn't care about their first love. You know, the church of Ephesus was, was, there was a lot of good members in that church. But, yeah, they still forgot about what they're supposed to be doing. How does the Lord feel about our church? I hope he feels great about our church. But how does he feel about our church? I, I don't know how he feels about our church. The Lord does not come to me and say, I feel great about your church. 
But he doesn't come to me and say, I don't feel great about your church either. But I, I tell you is that a lot more people could pro probably care less about the work of God. Only reason they come to church is for because they're supposed to. The feeling of it. I come every week. I'm always faithful to the house of God. Well, what are you doing for the house of God? I know James chapter 2 and verse 18 does tell us about the means of let me show you my faith by my works. Show you that, that sort of stuff. You know, if you will hold, if you, the Bible says there in uh, Proverbs chapter 11, the Bible says, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat. Now, does anybody, does anybody understand what that's saying? There you go. More than what you need. More than what you need. Uh, withholding more than what they need. Now, he says if you hold more than is withhold back more than is necessary, it will lead to poverty. As this verse tells us, essentially, the essence of this part of this verse is tells us that if we are selfish with what God has given us, we should expect that God would give less to us in turn, leading to poverty. My my, how much are we keeping up? Is that rightly divided though? I believe it is. It's rightly divided in Scripture. Missions is the heartbeat of God. Amen. We must stay on this mission. The church is not the stopping point of the money. It's the, start, it's the sending point of the money. It's the sending point of the money is what it is. I read a quote that said, In nature, cloud gives rain, sun gives light, earth gives fruit. The heart does not receive blood to store it up, but while it pumps it in at one valve, it sends it out at another. That's the church. Amen. That's the church. It, it is the church's duty to send missionaries, to send money, and to send means. It absolutely is the church's duty. And it's the most disgusting thing to store up what they cannot keep. Amen. It's, a, it's one of the most disgusting things to, for a church to store up what they cannot keep. Remember what missionary Jim Elliott told us? He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep. To gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool. I tell you, it's a sad day in America. It's a sad day. You know why, you know why America's in the shape she's in? You know why America, you know why the nation's in the shape she's in? You know why more outwards are in the shape she's in? Because of the churches. That's why. Because of the churches. The dispersion, the detaining, thirdly, I want you to go back up just a little bit. The Bible says there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. I want you to notice the dividend. So let's, uh, let's I, I want to look at that. It mentions an increase. So could we all agree in here that an increase is any amount exceeding the amount there? Okay. Anything that there, it's, if it's a penny, it's still an increase. Amen. Um, we can literally look through all of Scripture and find this as a principle. Okay. It's very much a principle. Um, but, you know, there's always a dispersion before there's a dividend. You realize that, right? Throughout all the scripture, there's always a dispersion before. So a dispersion, a scattering, right? So we got to give before we can get. That makes sense, right? Okay, I'm glad that, that, that there's always a dispersion. And it's a biblical principle throughout all of scripture. I can, show, I, I, I can think of one thing. Let me, let's, let's, let's think about this for just a second, okay? There was a little lad who gave a light lunch 
to a loving Lord and got lots of leftovers. Is that right? Amen. Would he have gotten those, those 12 baskets that he had left over unless he would have given and dispersion that had to happen, right? Would he have gotten those 12 baskets if he wouldn't have gave his two pieces of uh, um, fish and five loaves of bread? Would he have gotten the 12 baskets? We all agree that he wouldn't have. Okay, so that, that tells us uh, that, that there absolutely is, there has to be a given before there's ever a getting. Amen. Uh, I read this quote, he said, uh, this Sunday school teacher uh, said one time, he said, I never could get much out of the Bible until I began teaching Sunday school class. Uh, then I gave out the word instead of just taking it all in. And that's a good thing, friend. If we must give out the word, we must give out before we can ever take into things. And that's God's way. Beloved, you'll never know what you get until you give. Amen. It's called fate for a reason, right? I read this story which stated a visitor to a lighthouse said to the keeper, Aren't you afraid to live here with the storms and high winds constantly pressing on and constantly lashing the walls. The man replied, oh, we have no, we have to be more concerned about those out on the sea. We think only of having our lamps burning brightly and keeping the reflectors clear so that those in greater danger may be saved. There's people out there with greater danger. I'm telling you, the dividend for us to keep our lights burning may be in heaven, but what a great day it will be if we press on for the Lord to get close, get, to get as many crowns as we can to lay them at the feet of our Savior. And I read another quote where it said, Service is working and giving and not regretting the cost. It's knowing and understanding that no good deed will ever go lost. And that is the truth tonight. Amen. Amen. I tell you, friend, we need to realize that we, if we, unless we give, we'll never get. Unless we give. People got it so backwards. Lord, if you'll do this for me, I'll do this for you. That's not how he works. That is not how he works. We must give ourselves to him before he'll ever give himself to us. Draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. It'll be worth it after all, beloved, I tell you. The dispersion, the tainted, the dividend last, I want you to notice at the end of that verse, the Bible says, but it tendeth to poverty. I want you to know the, notice the deficit. Now, what will the deficit be at the judgment seat of Christ for you? Have you obeyed the Lord? Have you obeyed the Lord? When the Lord said give, have you given? Have you obeyed the Lord with how much to give? Is your faith promise where it ought to be tonight? For the man who withholds more than need is poverty. The Bible says that. The man who gains it all will lose it all there. The man who gains it all will lose it all there. It's the case. Isn't that sobering to think of? If you withhold more than necessary, it will lead you to poverty. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. This verse tells us it, it, it's a fully possible thing for a man to go poor by withholding more than is needed. By withholding more than is needed, it is fully possible for a man to go poor that way. You say, well, how in the world can I go poor? It does not make sense in a, in a carnal physical mind everybody understands that right but it does make good sense in a spiritual mind makes good sense in a spiritual mind what do we speak on this morning faith right 
We spoke on faith this morning, meaning the word of God. God promised to provide our needs, so if we obey him, don't you think he'll do that? Amen. He sure will. He sure will. Thank the Lord. And I'm a firm believer. If a man has no interest in giving, God has no interest in giving to him. That's my belief. I do believe that 100%. It's a sad day when churches are more worried about bank accounts and more worried about money than giving to missions and doing missions. It is a sad day in America. That breaks my heart. It's a sad day in America when people will not give to the work of God out there in the field. Their pastors are living off poverty. They're, y'all with me tonight, right? Now, I'm not talking about us. Y'all, y'all, te- y'all treat us good, okay? The pastors are living off poverty. The, the churches and the missionaries are living off poverty. There was a, one of the biggest churches, the biggest churches uh, in uh, Saluda. You know what happened? They took on a missionary and they gave him $20 a month and they probably bring in $50,000 a week. $20 a month. And then if you really want to know what happened, they just voted their pastor out too. Amen. They just voted their pastor out. You know why they voted him out? Because he wanted pastoral authority. Because he said the Bible believes in pastoral authority. And he couldn't do that, so they voted him out. Isn't that sad? That's going on in our county today. It's going on right here where we live, right here at home. And it's a sad day in America when people are building their bank accounts and just wanting the leadership of their own thing, of the church, and want to run the church instead of letting the Lord run the church uh, and letting the pastor lead the church. Uh, They're wanting to run it all themselves. And what is happening is churches are crumbling and falling to the ground and missionaries are dying out on the field uh, for the cause of gospel that the Americans won't even give to. That Americans won't even give to. There's more churches around here that are more worried about their filling their pocketbooks than they are worried about giving to the work of God. Your pocketbook will never make it to heaven. Hallelujah. It will never make it to heaven. If you want to know how rich you are, then add up everything that death cannot take away. That Then you'll know how much you're rich. How much you are rich is what death cannot take away. And it's a problem with people today, friends. It makes God mad, and I believe he wants to spew us out. Amen. Amen, friend. Uh, We'll be judged by our work, according to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Are we working so that the deficit is going to be good, or is it going to be bad? I never want this church to fall into the drought of complacency. Uh, And I praise the Lord for what he's done and what we'll continue to do at this place. And as I've said before, Leonard Ravenhill once said, uh, the church used to be a lifeboat recruiting recruiting, uh, or or, or rescuing the perishing. uh, But now she is a cruise ship recruiting the promising. That's all it is, friend. That's all the church is. It's the whole job of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. And we need to get out there and do it now too. Amen. Amen. We need to get out there and do it too. I know we support missions. I I know we give. I know all that. But if you've ever, and y'all hearing me, right? Y'all hearing me just for a second. I'm done. You need to hear this. If y'all ever reach a point where you are done giving and done raising, you've reached past where God can. Okay, you're understanding that, right? If we ever reach a point where we can no longer raise our faith promise missions, we've reached the point where we're walking by sight and not by faith. I want to let everybody know that, okay? I want everybody on the internet to know it. I want everybody at the rest of the church to know it. That if we ever reach the point of not being able to go any higher on our faith promise, then we absolutely have reached the point where we've walked by sight and not by faith. Do you believe that? I believe that. Everybody in here believe that? 
All right, well, praise the Lord. The world today is wrecked by lost people, and we see them every day. And we must give them the gospel, we must give the dollar, and we must give ourselves to its cause. The Bible is fulfilling in our very eyes. And we need to realize how many people's lost out there. And we need to get the gospel to them. There's dying people going to a devil's hell today. And churches could care less about it. Because all they're more worried about is filling what's inside the house of God. Amen. I'm not mad. I'm not preaching to y'all mad. I'm preaching to y'all with a bona fide burden tonight, all right? I got a real burden from the Lord. And the Lord's working on my heart about this stuff, okay? There is a real burden for the people of God to get up and stand up and to say stuff and to stand for the cause of Christ and to give to the cause of Christ and to work for the cause of Christ. And I don't know. I'm done. I'm done, okay? We're done, and it's not even 7 o'clock. So this is what I want you to think about for a minute. I want you to ask yourself, has the Lord laid anything in your heart tonight? We've had some people raise the missions here lately, and I praise the Lord for that. God's, God's will and God's way. That's obeying. It should be. But if the Lord's laid anything on your heart, raise your faith promise. Maybe to give you more boldness. Maybe to help you share the gospel more often than you do now. Whatever it may be, I pray you learn something from this paradox tonight. Gaining by giving. The Bible says, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. There's that withholdeth more than is meet, but it tendeth to poverty. Would you stand to your feet tonight? I don't know. Somebody wants to come pray. We're going to open up the altar. We're not going to play no hymns. We're not going to do anything like that. We're just going to open up the altar um, because there's, it's a sad day in America, and it has me distraught. It's got me being out of shape to see people literally not caring about lost souls. There's so many There's so many people dying and going to hell tonight. You know there's people going to die and go to hell as we speak right now. The Bible says, A liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. So he that watereth shall be also watered also himself. The Bible says, He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessed shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. It tells us, He that... It tells us, he that diligently seeketh good procureth favor, but he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. The fool shall be the servant to the wise of heart. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. That's what the Bible says. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth much more than the wicked and the sinner. Now, I didn't say in heaven. I want you to understand that. It said in the earth. I don't know what you need. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord to help.